Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iron Keel Collection. Today I'm going to read an article I wrote back in November 25th, 2017, titled The Notorious Powder Actuated Nail Gun. Subtitled The Powder Actuated Nail Gun is arguably one of the most dangerous and abused pieces of construction kit. Here's a little story from my personal experience with this tool. I would like to tell you my story relating specifically to the Ramset J20 powder actuated nail gun and now discontinued model during my late teen years around the mid to late 80s. For those familiar with nail guns, they are an indispensable tool when it comes to rapidly deploying nails through timber into concrete or even metal. During my late teens, early 20s, I racked up a significant amount of experience in building and railway construction due to our then family business of owning and running the Fairbourne Railway in Wales, a tourist steam narrow-gauge railway set in the heart of the beautiful Snowdonia National Park in Wales. Our family bought the railway in 1983, and more or less removed all the old buildings and completely rebuilt with new. We also regaged the three-mile length from 15-inch to 12-inch, a mammoth task in its own right. My father, a very capable hands-on man, believed in the art of bush engineering, he liked to call it, a term he coined for building things very quickly, often involving masquerading and reusing old features. For example, we built living quarters for railway volunteers by converting a porter cabin and adding an extension, covering the outside with timber planks and adorning it with a traditional railway-style corrugated iron roof. Another great example is when we converted an old battery-operated milk float into a battery-operated shunter. This was achieved in no more than three days, an astonishingly short space of time. Nothing was ever quick enough for my father with respect to build times. This also applied to the large number of railway buildings which we erected onto concrete slabs. Traditional timber framework was pieced together on the ground and then raised in place and anchored into the concrete slab. Enter the time saver, the Australian-made Ramset J20 powder actuated nail gun. A formidable-looking device, which almost resembles the look of a sawn-off shotgun. Such a device, in the UK, required a firearms license. However, under some peculiar bylaw of the Railways Act, it was not required for operators to hold a license whilst working on railways, which is covered by the Act. Now, the Ramset J20 arrived at our doorstep, encased in a large, heavy-gauge, orange construction case, complete with a number of essential components, including a selection of nails, tipped with bright, conical-shaped orange plastic caps, and a number of powder-discharge, bullet-shaped capsules, colour-coded, depending on its charge strength. Classification, from weakest to strongest, it went as thus. The green ones were, the green charges were quite tame, 
good for nailing through two bits of timber, for example. Yeah, not particularly loud either. But the yellow ones definitely have more clout. Good for nailing through timber into concrete, used by far the, the most out of all the range, and getting a little loud when fired. The red ones, well, feels like firing quite a powerful pistol, but ear defenders definitely necessary, especially within a confined space. It can go through strips of quite thick metal as well as concrete. And then the white ones. Scary powerful with the ability to go through thick metal without much difficulty. Very loud. Rarely used as in most cases, the nail will simply go straight through the material and out the other side. Not a very good situation. Operating the gun required some degree of experience. Not only did you have to select the right, right charge strength, but you had the ability to finally adjust the strength by how far you insert the nail into the barrel. Once locked into place, you firmly press the front plate of the gun against the material which you are firing into, and then pull the trigger. The front plate needs to be fully depressed in order for the safety catch to be released. If the charge is not powerful enough, the nail will not go to the material sufficiently, which means the hassle of removing the nail from the material. If the charge is too powerful, the nail goes straight through, hopefully with no one on the other side, of course. We predominantly use the gun to fix timber frames into concrete slabs, and indeed the gun performed very well and saved a good deal of time. We knew which charge to use and how far to insert the nail into the gun. The problem arised when we started getting overconfident with the gun, and then starting to use it on other work details. For example, I remember using the gun to affix heavy strips of angle iron into a concrete wall to create a rack for holding bars of metal and wood. Clearly, the yellow charges were not sufficient, so I moved on to the red charges. And even then, the red charges were not sufficient enough, and then I hesitatingly moved on to the dreaded white charges. Oh, the nail penetrated the heavy angle iron into the concrete with ease, along with an enormous bang followed by a cloud of sweet-smelling gunpowder. I set out to complete the rack. However, on one of the discharges, the nail did an absolute U-turn halfway through the metal and nearly came out straight back into me. Clearly, this is a tool not to be trifled with. On another occasion, my father used this tool on a work detail which really should have involved a drill, bolt, and a nut, rather than a nail gun. This work detail meant fixing two pieces of angle irons on the ceiling truss framework of the workshop. My father then set out to nail gun the two angles together whilst balancing precariously on the stepladder. He pointed the nail gun downwards at around chest height against the two angles, and then pulled the trigger using a red charge. Apart from the loud bang, nothing appeared to happen for the next ten seconds until I noticed a stream of blood flowing out onto the concrete floor of the workshop. 
I looked up and noticed that the blood was oozing out of his left temple, upon which I had to quickly assist in getting him down from the stepladder, as he is well known for fainting at the sight of his own blood. It so happened that the nail went straight through the metal, went on its way down to the concrete floor, and then bounced straight up, hitting him in the temple. It happened all very fast indeed. Unfortunately, guns and anything which can be used as a firing weapon usually holds a special fascination with most of, usually the male population. We were all guilty of seeing what this nail gun could do and started doing some fun experiments with it. A typical experiment involved pressing the nail gun against the side of a porter cabin and to see if it will if it will go through and out the other side. Naturally, the most powerful charge was used, the white one, and we underwent the experiment. Surely enough, it went straight through all right. It made a clean hole through the first wall and went clean through a canvas suitcase, which was housed inside the porter cabin, and then ejected itself through the second wall, sideways, continuing another couple hundred of metres until hitting the side of a nearby house. Well, thankfully, no one was in its path. The best story involving the use of this nail gun is as follows. During the early evening, we were using the nail gun to affix a new timber frame onto a concrete slab. Steve, one of the staff, had his left foot on the gravel against the side of the concrete floor slab, while his other foot was resting on top of the concrete slab. This meant that his left foot was at a lower level than the top of the concrete slab. Steve positioned the gun downwards to affix the 2x4 timber into the concrete slab, and then pulled the trigger. Not many seconds after, Steve was curled up on the ground, holding his foot in distress while stating in these very words to my father, John, I think I just shot my foot! We all thought he was pulling our leg, until we saw a nail neatly protruding halfway into his shoe. Somehow or another, the nail must have done a U-turn, or a turn through the concrete, and out straight through the side of the slab into Steve's foot. Seeing that this indeed was a real accident, we ushered for an ambulance. Unfortunately, the nearest ambulance was 13 miles away, in the small town of Dogechlai, a difficult name to pronounce, I admit. So we had to do the best we can to make Steve as comfortable as possible, even though he was part crucified by a ramset nail. Well, the ambulance eventually arrived, and we all piled in. Steve on the bed, my father, me and a couple of others. Unfortunately, for some reason or another, the hospital in Dogechlai was not able to accept an emergency, and we had to make do by travelling the 30-odd hilly miles to the larger town of Aberystwyth. So here we were, travelling in the back of the ambulance, each of us taking turns with the laughing gas, and generally having a whale of a time. It was approaching midnight by the time we got into the hospital in Aberystwyth, and Steve was checked into emergency. 
All of us, including the ambulance driver, got incredibly hungry, and we started to look for food. I'm not sure about now, but during the late 80s, looking for food in Aberystwyth at around midnight is a challenge at best. We eventually stumbled upon a Chinese takeaway and took the food back to the hospital. The food was pretty ordinary, mainly comprising of overly soggy noodles, stringy bits of unidentifiable meat, and slimy, glutinous vegetables. Two hours later, once the nail was extracted from Steve's foot, his foot was bandaged up and we took another ambulance. With more entertaining doses of laughing gas, of course. Back to Fairborn. From that point onwards, we decided that we better start adopting a far more responsible attitude towards this tool to prevent the possibility of having a more serious or fatal accident. We also took note that this tool required regular maintenance to ensure its safety, an activity we seldom if ever did. We kept the gun locked up, and was then only used when absolutely necessary, which was seldom considering that there's always an alternative way rather than using the powder-actuated nail gun. Now, it's been quite some time since the late 80s, and I've not kept up with the latest variants of nail guns. However, I am certain that today's strict health and safety regulations have much to say about this now, undoubtedly highly dangerous tool. Thanks for listening.